0: Hey, this is Pastor Jeremy from Awaken Church. I hope you enjoy this week's message. Jesus sent two of his disciples, and he said to them, go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has ever sat. Untie it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and he will send it back here immediately. And they went away and found the colt tied at a door outside in the street, and they untied it. And some of those standing there said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus. They threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. And many spread their cloaks on the road, and others spread leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And those who went before, those who, went, who followed were shouting, You ready? Let's do it. If they said we're shouting, we're going to shout, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. I feel like you guys kind of left me alone up here with this shouting. You weren't quite ready. All right, let's just read this one again. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. Good, that's a lot better. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he had looked around at everything, as it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. So we're getting close. We're getting close. And when we're getting close, he's establishing praise and worship as the priority. As the priority of our lives when we're getting close to his answer, when we're getting close to where he wants us, when we're getting close to discovering what he's not hidden from us, but he's hidden for us, he's going to establish praise and worship as a priority. As a priority. I, I just want to, I want to challenge you. Um, in the car, turn on some praise and worship this week. I want to challenge you. In the house, you're making some food or whatever else you do in the house. (laughs) Turn on some praise and worship. Um, If if you're walking, jogging, whatever you do, just turn on some praise and worship. When you're getting close, he establishes praise and worship as a priority. Here's what happened. It says, and those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest. So there were people in the crowd that day that had a very incomplete revelation of Jesus. (laughs) Very incomplete. And what I mean by that is that the people were in the crowd that day, they didn't know what we know about Jesus. They were on the the other side, or they, they were before the cross and the resurrection. That's okay. They were they were before the cross and the resurrection, so literally this was happening about six days before he would be crucified. But here he comes riding into Jerusalem, and they're shouting. And so Jesus didn't, Jesus didn't quiet the people because, hey, you really didn't know, you don't really know me like somebody else in the crowd may know me. In fact, in another gospel writer, uh, I think it would be Matthew or Luke, he would say, you know, as people were trying to quiet others in the crowd, he would say, if these are quiet, then the stones are going to cry out. Right? So it's not a matter of us... Um, Understanding everything about Jesus, maybe like someone else in the congregation that you know understands Jesus before we begin praising him. Um, there were people in the crowd that day that had a very incomplete revelation of Jesus. And yet they were praising him and he accepted their praise. He accepted their praise. Um, they were, it was actually a loud shout. Shout. And I didn't tell Jasmine that I was preaching on this today. I didn't tell her to, like, shout really loud from up there today. But that's exactly what was happening. It was a very, very loud, shrieking sound that, that would have sounded like a, like a really obnoxious bird squalling. <laughs> That's what the word shouting it really is. It's like this loud shriek. Like sometimes when I'm out in the backyard and I'm and I have some praise and worship on or I'm trying to read the Bible or something, I'm sitting on the patio and there's like this bird. I mean, it's just, just it's just this shriek or this like a very very like annoying sound almost, right? And I'm not saying Jasmine was annoying in that moment. <laughs> but listen, I'm just telling you. To some people, probably nobody in this group, I'm sure. But you'd be like, why is she shouting? What's going on up there? I mean, I mean I've mean, i been in that place before, too. Like, you're the only one in the room shouting. You're the only one in the room, like, just, just letting your, your, your full praise to God go on. And then, you know, you're wondering maybe, like, what other people are thinking of you or whatever. But, but this is, hey, just telling you, like, this is what, this is what was happening that day. It wasn't, it wasn't anything, you know, really... Uh, there wasn't any stage. Um, and we as a worship team have have talked sometime about, you know, what if we eliminated the stage? Because this is not a performance. It's always presence over performance. This was not a performance that day, the, what we would call Palm Sunday. It was some people praising him. Now, very incomplete revelation. Some of the people had in mind what had happened just a couple hundred years ago when Judas Maccabee had rode into town, into Jerusalem, and took back the temple from the Greeks because the Greeks had come in and desecrated the temple and basically had forbid the Jews from worshiping and made the temple unclean and all that. But Judas Maccabee... uh, A Jewish revolutionary rode into town, took it back, and so when he rode into town, he rode in on a donkey, and people were were waving palm branches and all this stuff. And so when Jesus comes in, there are probably people in the crowd, just historically speaking, thinking, man, he's going to save Jerusalem just like Judas Maccabee did. There's probably people in the crowd uh, that, that day that was very tired of the Roman oppression. Because the Romans the Romans were really good at taxing the Jews and persecuting them. And so there were probably people in that day that, that thought when Jesus was coming in that he was going to relieve them from the Roman taxation and all kind of the oppression that, people, that they were under. There were probably people in the crowd that day that, that, had, had, that pictured Jesus coming in on the king's mule, just like Solomon. David put Solomon, his son, on the king's mule whenever he first became king. And so there's all these different, there's probably people in the crowd that had Zechariah 9 9 in mind. Behold, your king is coming to you on a colt, and rejoice, O Jerusalem. There was probably, I mean, who knows what was going on, but you had people. In the crowd with incomplete revelations of Jesus, people facing oppression, people facing pressure, people facing depression, people, people just facing all this stuff because of so many outer circumstances. And the, and, the, and the outworking of what they were feeling and wanting to do in that moment was praise. The outworking of the oppression that they were feeling in their life and, and the desperate situation was Praise. Listen, as we're getting close to where God wants us, I heard a preacher one time say, as we're getting close to where God wants us, he establishes praise and worship as a priority. Spiritually speaking, as we're facing pressure, whatever pressure that may be, and his pressure is growing and growing and growing and growing and growing, what the enemy wants you to do is to give up. There's no use, and he will whisper to you. give up. There's no use. But what God wants you to do is to praise. What God wants you to do is let out your praise. And, I'm, and listen, I'm not looking for cheerleaders. I'm not, I'm not, this is not the, that's not the point of this message. I want you to be a cheerleader. All I want to do is just reveal some things about praise and worship to you today, that because there has to come teaching before there is the manifestation of what God wants. There has to be the declaration and then there's the manifestation. And so what I want us to be is a people of praise and worship. A people of praise and worship. Now, and, and, and I said all that to say all the, all the things were going on in the crowd that day because you don't have to be any certain type of person to praise You don't have to be the person who has it all together. You don't have to be the person who comes in full of energy. You don't have to be the person that's not facing anything. But actually, the outworking of the pressure in your life is praise, spiritually speaking. That's why Paul would say in Philippians 4, don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Let your request be made known to God with thanksgiving. Right, We're pretty good about praying about things, I think, but what about praising and thanking God for in the midst of or with our praise? What about or with our prayer, prayer and thanksgiving, prayer and praise? Maybe we're not experiencing the release of the anxieties in our life because we're only praying and not praising That's a good point, Jeremy. Maybe we're not experiencing the release because we're only praying and not praising. We used to go to a, um, man, I was in a desperate place in ministry years and years and years ago. And I was thinking about actually quitting. I was thinking about, um, you know, like the, maybe ministry was over. I was just really burnt out. This was while we were still in Ohio and. Just facing all kinds of stuff. And Melvina and I, we started going to, and the kids, we started going to this church that we called the Crazy Church. The Crazy Church. The kids actually named it the Crazy Church. And this was a Nazarene church that just had caught on fire for the Lord. Like the pastor had a very similar um, trajectory as me. He was feeling burnt out and he got alone with the Lord and went to a conference and he came back with, with like this new sense of praise and worship and just and an anointing. And so when I think about atmospheres of praise, this is one of the, this is one of the atmospheres that I think of with people who didn't don't have it all together but people who are just abandoned in praise and not caring about if they shriek or shout or whatever but this is the this is this is praise whenever i think about it praise like the crazy church the kids would be like are we going to the crazy church yeah we're going to the crazy church where people just praise the lord and they don't care they're down here on the floor kneeling and they're, they're standing at their seats waving their hands. They're coming forward and praising. They're, they're shouting. They're dancing. They're waving flags. And all of this, Jesus is not as concerned with as perhaps you are. And he's not, of, not offended at all this exuberance. <laughs> he's not offended by it at all. He's not. So what I want us to do is realize, So Psalms 22. Psalms 22 is a very emotional psalm. It's a, it's a messianic psalm, at least the first three verses that we're going to read here. But, but it details something about praise that I want us to see, and then we're going to go to worship in just a few moments if you'll hang, hang with me. But, but David says here in Psalms 22, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night, but I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. We were just singing that song, Inhabit, right? In the beginning, that was the first song. He inhabits our praises, or he's enthroned on the praises of Israel. So that day, when he was riding into Jerusalem, you didn't see a crown. All you saw was a donkey. But he was literally enthroned or sitting on the praises of people. If we could just capture, if we could really get this today, is that whenever you begin praising the Lord, and that word is actually the word Hallel. Which is where we get the word "hallelujah" from, and it comes from a deep place. If you research just a little bit more, make one more click. If you're into fancy clicks like I am on on Google, if you click one more time on your computer to dig just a little deeper, it comes from a deep place. This "hallel," it's a deep praise. You are enthroned on the hallel's, the praises, the thanksgivings from a deep place. You set up your throne right there. In the room here, we don't see a throne. But whenever we're praising, we don't see a throne. All you may see are hands raised. All you may hear are songs being sung. All you may hear are shouts. All you, all you, may, all you may hear is like some music playing, some instruments playing. But what's happening is a throne is being established or Jesus is coming and sitting in the midst of our praises. So your praise produces a throne. That's the imagery that you have to get. If you, if you praise God in your car, you're establishing a, a throne for him right there. If, you're praise, if you turn on some praise and worship while you're cooking, you're establishing a throne for him right there. If you're, if you're in the hospital and you're, you start praising the Lord, like our good friend Tony, before he passed away, he said, I raise a hallelujah. He, raised a, he made a throne for God right there in the midst of his hospital room. I want you to sit here, Lord. The people that day were creating a throne for them. and they had a pers- something personal to contribute to the throne. I just want you to know, there were their shouts, there were there were songs, they were they were actually quoting Psalm one eighteen, a portion of Psalm one eighteen, when they said said Hosanna, which means save now. See, as we're getting close, we cannot forget that Jesus is Savior. We cannot forget this. Jesus is Savior. As we're getting close, it's so much less about a building, it's so much less about a location, and it's so much more about what he's doing in your heart and my heart. As we're getting close, it's just so much more than what we realize, and that's the case with so many things we're trying to figure out in our life. If you're trying to figure out your future, you're trying to figure out your finances, you're trying to figure out so much, and we're always like, ah, we have so many decisions to make on a daily basis, and it's just what he wants to do is come and minister to our heart, and, what's, and what is he doing in your heart? That's the most important thing. That's the most important thing. And so the people caught on to it because the word for, for thanksgiving, let me see if I have it up here. Psalm 100 Verse 4 says, "You we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Like, if we, could, if we could just picture the old school tabernacle, the tabernacle of Moses, it had one gate. And so David is saying, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. Like, there's actually a way to enter into his presence, which that's what the tabernacle um, symbolized God's presence. That's what set apart his people from every other people was his presence dwelling among them. And so David said, this is the way we enter. By the way, as David was on the hills um, pinning these psalms and making instruments, this was his heart. And so he caught this vision, he caught this idea. This is how we enter into his presence. We enter in with thanksgiving. And the word thanksgiving actually means to throw or to cast like I am throwing I'm casting my praises on him I'm casting what I'm thankful for onto God I'm entering with thanksgiving And then after you enter the gate of the tabernacle or the yeah the gate of the tabernacle we enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise that's the outer court And the first thing you see there is a there's an a, an altar whenever you pass through the gate of the tabernacle may have a visual. Yeah, yeah. let I say, ooh, ah. All right. All right, so the gate is the purple line right over here with the, there, that would, David says, we enter his gates with thanksgiving, and this is the outer courtyard and his courts with praise. The writer of Hebrews would say to offer a sacrifice of praise continually before God, which is, our, which is the fruit of our lips. So this was the imagery that David was given us. Like there's actually a way to enter God's presence, and it's with thanksgiving. It's with throwing, literally throwing our, our, our thanksgiving, our thanks to him. And so the people that day, they were throwing down their cloaks, on the road as Jesus rode in. They were throwing down their cloaks, which we talked about a few weeks ago with blind Bartimaeus. Remember it was um um it wasn't this cool leather jacket I'm wearing today, but it was a <laughs> it was a um it was an outer cloak uh, that they would also use as a blanket that was that was very valuable to them. And so they had a personal, this was very personal and was kind of costly, so it was a sacrifice to them whenever they were throwing this down and Jesus was riding on it. You understand that? They were throwing this down, Jesus was raising, riding in on it, so it was very it was personal and it was kind of costly to them. Then others, man, they were cutting down palm branches. Like, this was a highly participatory thing. It was not, they were not spectators that day. I mean, maybe there were some in the crowd. But what I want to encourage us with today is, like, that actually he's not calling us to be spectators. He's actually calling us to be participants that whenever we come in on Sunday morning or, or whenever you're riding in your car when you're in your when you're in your kitchen, wherever it is, where you're established, you're praising God, like, it's highly participatory. Like, he wants you to praise him. You enter into His presence with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. I was thinking uh, when Jimmy and I went to uh, a Bucks game uh, a couple years ago; it was one of Brady's last games, and you know it was very. Uh, we were so excited to be there, and. I'm not a Bucks fan, but I went along with Jimmy just because I, you know, I like to support family, whatever. I actually went to root against them. I think it was my my plan. Um, but listen, like, so so you go into this. We're accustomed to like to coming in a certain way. To like sporting events like that, right? Because you 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 know you find a place to park, and then you and then you uh, you know you got to make sure you have your ticket, and and you come in and you pass security, and you show them your ticket, and then you're like, oh man, like where's our seats? Are way up there? Because if you're like me, you can't afford the big the, the you know the good seats, so you're like, oh man, they're way up there. So you're like, okay, you ask the usher, "Am I seat up?" So I mean, you're willing to climb upstairs <laughs> to get to your seat, which you can almost barely see sometimes. But there's like there's like so much you go through to get to your seat, to get to the place to be part of this experience. And sometimes I just think that, that we need to be woke up to this fact that like that coming to church is not a spectator event, that we are participants. We are all participants, whether or not you play an instrument. Everybody just let me know you have a voice today. Everybody just say something. Ah! Scream something. Okay, All right, so everybody is a participant. You know, and I think it's as we're getting close, what he's doing is he's establishing praise and worship as a priority. So praise has to be a priority in your life. Praise has to be a priority in your life. It has to, and praise is a sacrifice. Sometimes, sometimes it costs you something, the praise that comes from your mouth. The praise, the songs that you sing, like it's going to take some breath from you. It's going to take maybe some, some, some jumping from you. I don't know, but every, like there's so much more legal in praise than what we actually do. Like It's OK to jump, it's okay to dance, it's okay to clap, it's okay to sing, it's OK to shout. <laughs> it's OK to kneel. It's OK to wave your hands. Like all this is legal, right? And it's not that God is telling you you have to do this. Sometimes He will, if you're actually listening. Sometimes He'll, he'll let you know what He wants in the moment. I remember early on when I first got saved and we were having like this, 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 not a secret prayer meeting at at Bible College, but it was almost like a secret prayer meeting. We would just just gather in the basement of the chapel and I would just literally be arrested in his presence for a long time. And he would let me know like exactly what he was wanting in that moment just to stand still or to to open my mouth and praise or to hold my hand and I I would sense his presence in such a strong way. Why? Because he was establishing his throne right where I was. Right? So the songs aren't the end that we sing on Sunday. They're not the end. We're entering into his presence with thanksgiving. We're entering into his courts with praise. So they're unto an end. The songs are not the end. The set list is not the end. We're entering into something. Like we have to begin seeing the presence of God as something that we enter into, not just that like like the preaching is is the end or the songs are the end or whatever. The presence of God is something we actually enter into. Like like if you want to just this imagery, it's not it's not a a a completely correct metaphor, but but like so so you're on the outside of the Bucks game or you're on the inside of the Bucks game. Are you going to be watching it from home or you want to be part of the experience? Right? there 's a way that we enter into, and it 's with thanksgiving and it 's with praise it 's with thanksgiving and it 's with praise. I was woke up this morning by this thought the Lord said he just wanted me to <laughs> he wanted me to go get up and go sit in my chair and just praise him so I just so just I literally I went to my chair, I got my coffee, which took a long time and I got my coffee. Took the dog out, sat in the chair, and I I just stayed there praising the Lord. Why? Because He wanted to come and set up His throne. Before I did anything else in a day, He wanted to come and set His throne up in my praise. Whenever you're getting close, He's going to establish praise and worship as a priority. He doesn't want you to, He doesn't want to establish in your life your own understanding as the priority. But we establish our own understanding as our priority. I want to understand what you're doing. I got I to gotta know, what, know what's coming next. And he's like, nope, just a stab, just praise me. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come right here. And this is, this is the most important thing. Remember what David said, this one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after, to dwell in your house forever, to gaze upon your beauty. This is the same David that says, this is how we enter with thanksgiving and with praise. That is, of course, if you're even interested in the throne of God coming into your life. The rule of God coming into your life. Because this is part of it. Because, all right, so don't forget, as we're getting close, don't forget Jesus is your Savior. And so they're like, Hosanna! Was that annoying? Let's try it again. Hosanna! But it was this loud shriek, this loud shout. I mean, and they were really excited about him coming to save because save now, save now, deliver, heal. <laughs> save me, deliver me, heal me. And these are all things as part of church, like we walk this and we're like, oh, we've got to have the salvation of the Lord. i got to have it. And we pressed in for it for so long as church culture and everything. But what we have to understand is that all, that's not all they were saying. They were saying, blessed is the coming kingdom of our father, David. And so if you want salvation, you've got to understand that it comes with the price of the kingdom. He hasn't come so you can check off a box on a connection card. He hasn't even come so you can just be baptized and then get up and go your own way no he's come we're getting close so that he can establish his kingdom in your life and in my life why because his kingdom is for us this is what we learn to pray right the disciples come and they say lord teach us to pray and he's like okay pray like this our father who's in heaven holy is your name your kingdom come your will be done right right and so if we're welcoming his kingdom, then we're welcoming his rule. And what we're learning is that there's a little bit of, like David's getting us, giving us some hints here. Okay, you're wanting salvation. Okay, you're crying out for salvation. Okay, what does praise do? Praise creates the throne of God. It creates, creates the, the, the potential of his throne, his kingdom coming in your life. Because this is really what's, what, what he wants for you. You enter into his courts, or enter, enter into his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. He's wanting to establish a throne in your life, a throne in your life. Remember that illustration we did years ago, Omar, where I had you on a chair, and, and we're like, okay, you know, we want you to come and sit on my, sit on my, my. let's just do that again, Omar, come on up here. All right, we got to do a reenactment. Come on up, Omar. Hey, how many of you miss Omar? I miss Omar. All right. I love you, man. I love you. you. All right, sit right here. So, (laughs) I may need another participant. I don't know. All right, so, so we're like, so so let the stool represent our heart, and we're like, man, God come, we're gonna establish your throne. (laughs) We're like, we want your kingdom to come, and then, then all of a sudden how did this illustration go you remember oh hold on hold on hold on all right, all right so so the throne here good on that side all right <laughs> Maybe should have thought about this beforehand. All right, so the throne. Let's start over again. The throne represents our heart, and we're like, Jesus, come and sit on the throne of my my heart. I mean, we're enthroning you on our praises. Come and reign. And so Jesus is like, Hey, yeah, come on. I'm gonna sit it right here on the throne of your life. I want to be king of your life. And then I'm like, Hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. But I'm worried about this. I'm stressed out about this. But but Jesus being so good to us, he's like. No, I want to take the throne up, just, just, and he's not going to share it with me. Remember, he's not going to share the throne of my heart with me. He wants to be there by himself because he knows that this is what he was created for, For not, not me. Now, this is not, not created, but this is what he exists for. He's king. He's always been king, and he wants to be king and ruler of our hearts. If there's not room for two here. I mean, it's... There's not, there's not room for two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, take it. Take it, it's your throne. <laughs> thank you, man, thank no, you. <laughs> but but that's, what, that's the reality. You know, if, we, if we're wanting his kingdom to come, is, like we, he's not gonna come and just, just partly, right? He, like he knows my heart and he knows your heart. And he knows best how to move and, and minister to us. But he doesn't just want like, part of our heart. He doesn't want to just sit on part of the stool. And In fact, he won't sit on just part of it. He's not going to share it. And so as they're saying that day, blessed is, is the coming kingdom of our father David, you have to understand what the coming kingdom of our father David actually meant. Like, yes, it's a fulfillment of prophecy, that David would always have one sitting on the throne so he's fulfilling all kinds of prophecies really like he is god is watching over his word to perform it jesus rides in fulfilling all kinds of prophecy but then you have to understand that the coming kingdom of our father david david's kingdom began with a kingdom of praise and worship his kingdom began with a kingdom of praise and worship when david came into came as became king of Israel, the first thing that he did was set up a tabernacle for the ark. Actually, he went to get the ark, which was a symbol of God's presence, bring it back to Jerusalem, and then he pitched his own tent for the ark, set up 4,288 musicians and singers to minister continually before the ark. Why? Because when he's getting close, when he's moving, whenever there's transition, he's going to establish praise and worship as a priority. Why? Because he's enthroned on our praises. It's what he does. It's what he does. He establishes praise and worship as a priority. And so why do you think that we've been going through these different transitions? One of the reasons is because the enemy does not want there to be a place or a people who prioritizes praise and worship. I'm gonna try everything I can to get these people. I'm gonna kick them out of their building twice. <laughs> because I don't, the, the, the enemy does not want God to be enthroned here in Highlands County. He doesn't want him to be enthroned in our own families, in our own lives. He does not want us to be enthroned. Or he does not want the, Jesus to be enthroned in our lives, right? Can we agree with that? Right? So he's gonna do everything he can to stop that. Uh, Corporately, we see this happening, right? Two times kicked out, bam. (laughs) Not because we can't pay rent, we pay rent. We're we're, we're great tenants. We're great tenants. God has always provided, and more so, more than enough. The enemy doesn't want Jesus to be enthroned in your life. So he's always going to try to take it back. This is what's been happening. Can I just share with this is what's been happening these Three or four weeks, like this this, 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 this battle with anxiety, this battle with worry. But the more that I praise, if I can stay in a position of praise, he's enthroned, right? If I can stay in an attitude of thanksgiving, because he doesn't just say, pray, don't worry, pray, but he says, don't worry, pray with thanksgiving, because this is how we enter in with thanksgiving and praise. We're going to be a crazy church. you crazy. Some of you are already so crazy. <laughs> I wish I would go into your house and I'd be like, man, this is crazy in here. Like, this is just crazy. These, like I <laughs> Some of you are like, yeah, I know. You, my house is crazy, but not the reasons you're talking about. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. But it's like, man, just, just. Just the, the fact that he would want to be enthroned in our praises and the fact that God would choose something so simple as what comes from our mouth and what comes from our own actions to set up his kingdom right there. It's amazing, isn't it? That he would use what we bring. Now for part two. Um, he sets up Worship as a priority. Praise and worship. We can throw the pad on. It'll make it a little more worshipful. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> but he does. He sets up worship as a priority. And I think it's very interesting what caught my attention um, from, from the passage in, in Mark 11 is that Jesus, he rode into Jerusalem. He checked out everything. He looked around. He went into the temple. And because it was late, he went to a place called Bethany. He went to a place called Bethany. Now, there's at least four references in the Bible to when Jesus visited the place called Bethany. Um, Some scholars would say, that what happened in Mark 14 actually happened in Mark 11, but Mark kind of placed it where he did in Mark 14 because it fit better with the context of Judas's betrayal. I'll let you be the judge of where you think this incident, um, where Matthew, where where Mark mentions Jesus going to Bethany and what all happened there. I'll let you be the judge of where you think it should be or or whatever, but. But this much is clear. If we read in Mark 14, verse 3, it says, And while he was at Bethany, in the house of Simon the leper, as he was reclining at table, a woman came in with an alabaster flask of ointment of pure nard, very costly, and she broke the flask and poured it over his head, She's anointed my body beforehand for burial. And truly I say to you, wherever the gospel is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in memory of her. So here we are over 2,000 years later telling about what this, this lady named Mary did to Jesus. So remember, when we're getting close, he's establishing praise and worship as a priority. If he's sitting, listen, if he's sitting up his throne in our midst, then a natural outworking of that, like just the the natural outworking, if he's setting up his throne in our midst, here is is a natural outworking of his throne being established. And this is probably one of the most um, mostly used words for worship, is the act of kneeling in his presence. The act of kneeling in his presence. Why? Because he's king. Because he's king. If you wanted to go even a little bit lower, then it's actually kissing the the feet of the one. See, Mary caught a revelation of Jesus that no one else in the room that day caught. There are people on the road praising, Hosanna saved now. But Mary caught a revelation of Jesus that no, none of the disciples in the room caught that day. She broke open the flask of ointment, the alabaster box. One commentator I read said that it could have been worth up, like in today's terms, like $25,000. she poured it on him anointing his body for burial that's what it says as we're getting close don't you forget jesus is savior like he he sits up his throne in our midst that so he saves he heals he delivers but don't you forget that this is the point that jesus died and was buried and we know he rose again don't you forget it this is always going to Man, I feel like throwing something. This is always going to be our point. The point of our ministry is always going to be the gospel. It's always going to be the gospel. It's always going to be the gospel. It's always going to be giving to Jesus what he's worth. Because listen, that. He's waiting for some people, or he wants some people in the room to catch a clear revelation of who he is. Because if he's setting up a throne, then he's worthy of worship like a king is worthy of worship. Right? And so this is what Mary had caught on to. This is what Mary had caught on to, and I'm sure it was a calculated risk. She had this. She had this very, very expensive thing that she was just willing to waste it all on him, and she couldn't. And and, and, the, and the context is that she it could not be used again after that. Like she was wasting it all on Jesus. So some of you in the room, are kind of wonder why we linger sometimes in worship, and especially like when Jasmine is playing the keys and just ministering to the heart of the Lord. Some of you are like, oh, man, I don't know why. Why are they taking so long with this? I wish we could just hurry up. It's because he's wor- worthy of every last drop. Amen. He's worthy of every last drop. And he didn't die on a clock. He died on the cross. Yeah. He did, and I heard somebody else say that, but he didn't. And so what we're going to do, and what I want us to, I want us to kind of be conditioned for and realize is that whenever we come in and we're praising him, we're praising him and we're enthroning him in our praises, that he is worthy of every last drop of worship and adoration. something that costs you something. I'm not talking about money. But something that costs you something. Now, for some of us, it's, maybe for a lot of us, it's like all we can do to even make it to church sometimes. And I understand. But what if, what if we came in with this mindset or with this heart posture sometimes. Not like just rolling out of bed and getting here like 15 minutes late and like, oh man, whatever. But what if we came with this posture? I'm gonna get up early because I'm going to corporate worship. I get to enthrone him on my praises and when I get there in the midst of the people of God, I am going to, I am going (laughs) to, Spend everything I have on him, every drop of energy, every drop of love, every bit of praise that I can possibly have in my heart. This is what I'm going to pour on him because he's worthy of it. (laughs) Because we're not going to be a spectator church. We're not. We're not going to be a spectator church we're going to be a participant church. Now, with this you have to understand. There was Judas in the in the midst and he said, "Oh man, why all this waste? Why all this waste? It could have been given to the poor." It was good motives. It was good motives. But Jesus said, "You always have the poor with you." She has chosen the beautiful thing. It's beautiful what she has done. See, the fact is, is that sometimes we're we're concerned about things that that really isn't the issue. Um, if Judas was really so concerned about <laughs> about the poor, then he wouldn't have betrayed Jesus. For he betrayed Jesus for. Like in, in in what would be equivalent to a thousand dollars. So, in honest, in honestly, we sell out for a whole lot less. We sell out for a whole lot less. All of that could have been given to the poor, when in our life we sell out for a whole lot less. We'll cheat. We'll lie. Whatever we can to get ahead. All of this. All the while coming to worship and complaining about spending a little time in worship or spending a little time, I mean, just lingering in his presence. See, he's coming to to set up a kingdom. And when we praise him, he sets up a kingdom. When we praise him, his kingdom is here. You understand that? And so what we have to understand, like, do we really want him to come? Do I really want him to come? Because if he comes, then, then it's going to look a little different. Then my, then my response has to be a little different. If he really comes, then my response has to be a little bit different. It's going, to be a lot like, it's going to be a lot more like Mary and a lot less like Judas. If he really comes and I have a revelation like Mary, which we're on this side of the cross, so I know that he died for me, I know he rose from the grave, but, but it's going to look a lot more like Mary and a lot less like Judas. And this is what he's doing in our world right now, guys, and this is what, what we believe that he wants to do in Highlands County is, is to, to, to set up a house of prayer, to raise up a house of prayer that worships Jesus and seeks him for revival in our city. This is what he, what he is desiring here. So the question is, are you in? Are you in it for the are you in it for the king? Are you in it for the kingdom? Because he's establishing praise and worship as a as the priority of our lives. That it trumps everything else. Because when we're getting close, this this is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. When we're getting close, this is what he's doing. This is what he's doing. As the, um, as kind of the, the seal of today for, to, to land the plane, to land this message. I want us to come to the table of the Lord. come and get your communion and we'll come back to our chairs or come stand up front, whichever you want to do. We're going to transition into communion. And even though it's the end of the service today, I want us to condition our hearts come over here you can come in just a minute guys I want us to condition our hearts that from now on whenever we take communion in service that it isn't an end to the worship set it's not an end to what we're doing because what usually happens whenever we give communion in service is that we'll give communion and then everybody kind of sits down and is just kind of like there but I want us to see communion as a continuation of our worship. Like if anything, communion isn't an end, it's, a, it's an invitation into more. Because in this you see the tangible representative representation of what Mary saw. You understand that? So Mary saw, she got the revelation of Jesus dying and being buried which is the body and the blood of Jesus. And so what she did as a result of the revelation she caught was she gave it all, poured it all out. So come to the table of the Lord today. You can get your communion and, and be seated or stand before me, whatever you want to do. So like I said, when, when David recorded in Psalms that we enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with, with praise, the first thing in the court that he would encounter was the altar. The first thing he encountered was the, was the altar. In the tabernacle, the first thing we encounter is the altar. All throughout, if you looked at the patriarch's life, thank you guys for standing. I know I'm continuing to talk a little bit, but all throughout the patriarch's life, if you, if you trace back, man, even, even um, God made animal skins for Adam and Eve, so there had to be a sacrifice there. Abel offered a better sacrifice than Cain. Noah set up an altar after he came out of the ark and worshiped the Lord. And and it was all about this this sweet smelling sacrifice that from these these sacrifices would, would, would arise to God as a sweet smelling sacrifice. And God would be pleased with what came from the sacrifice. And the point is this is that when Mary offered what she did, the fragrance, John 12 would tell us, filled the room. The fragrance of her worship filled the room. What would happen if, if the fragrance of our worship began filling the room, wherever we found ourselves, filling the car, filling our room? Fill in, man Jasmine and I were worshipping at 10:30 like in, in, at night last night, and the, the presence of the Lord just came, Because you're enthroning him, and, and then the, his, his presence comes. so Paul would tell us in Romans 12, I beseech you by the mercies of God, present your bodies as living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, sweet smelling fragrance to him, my paraphrase. This is your spiritual act of worship or your reasonable service. So what gets on the altar doesn't ever come off. You understand that? Like the sacrifice, when, they, when the offerer would bring the sacrifice to the altar, that sacrifice didn't get out of the, off the altar. It was killed right there. And then it came to God. Mary broke that jar, offered it to the Lord, poured it on him. In light of his sacrifice, we sacrifice. In light of the cross, we worship. As Paul would say, by the mercies of God, we worship. Okay, I know it's past noon, but by the mercies of God, we worship. We present our bodies as living sacrifices because he is worthy. He is worth it. He's worth more than a ritual, and and, and us having communion will never be a ritual. Us singing songs and coming to church, it will never be a ritual. If it ever becomes that, I pray God shuts us down, and he will. May it never be so, because it wasn't that for him. Don't you know that he loves us so much that he gave his one and only son for us? Whoever believes in him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life. And this is why we worship. This is why we praise. And so we thank you for your body, Jesus. We thank you for the the revelation that we hold, that is timeless, that sustains us past noon. (laughs) I thank you for the revelation of your body that sustains us that draws us in, just, just think of what, what, what you're holding here, the body of Jesus that he broke on your behalf, that every sin was laid upon his body. Many of your crackers are pierced and, and they're striped because they're matzah crackers, and that's for a purpose because his body was pierced and striped for your sins and for my sins. And so, Lord, we willingly give ourselves to you today. We thank you for your body. Let's eat the body. Thank you, Lord. And as we, as we drink the cup today, as we drink the cup today, we realize, as we often say in the, the long reading, that we hold the most powerful substance in the universe. But as we hold this, this, this blood of the Lord, We realize that you poured it all out for us, and so we're committing our lives to you that we pour it out for you. By the mercies of God, we present our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable unto you. Come on, just tell them in your own way. Come on, just tell them. Just tell them. I give my all to you if it's your desire. Don't tell them if it's not not real. I give my all to you. I give my all to you. I'm tired of the rituals. I'm tired of going through the motions. I I don't even know what what a crazy church looks like, but all I want is for you to be enthroned in our praises. All I want is for you to be enthroned in my life. All I want is for you to save now. Hosanna, save now. Deliver us from worry. Deliver us from addiction. Deliver us from ourselves. Deliver us from taking back the throne so often in our lives, God. Deliver us through the power of your blood. Deliver us. And we willingly pour it all out on you. No matter what the cost. In Jesus' name, let's take the blood. Let's go ahead and stand to our feet and just give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Come on, just give him a hand clap of praise. Maybe lift your hands. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, we're, gonna, we're just going to leave here on a, on a praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You are enthroned on our praise. You are enthroned on our praise, on our halal's. Lord, we throw praise on you. We cast it on you. We give you our praise and our thanksgiving. We are free from worry and anxiety today. We are free of fear from the future, fear of the future. We are free from it today. We present our requests with thanksgiving to you. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know you, Jesus. And I choose today to enthrone you on my praise. Thank you, Jesus. We enter in. We refuse to not enter in. <laughs> we enter in. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Uh, well, he's good. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. Make sure you like and share the podcast. And if you're ever in the Highlands County area, uh, make sure you stop by and visit us. Uh, We're located at 1121 uh, Memorial Drive in Avon Park, Florida. Uh, We'd love to meet you here.